because it is so predictable. It's predictable. Hi, this is Jake Turner for Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. You can find me on Twitter at, at @JakeTurnerSport, or you could subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Now, let's get back to the turning point of the sports world. It's Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. I'm Jake Turner. You can find this podcast right here on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And you can tweet me at, at Jake Turner Sport. 60 minutes of outstanding sports conversation coming right at you. It is Friday, June 29th, 2018. I, I can't believe this. We're just a few days away from the 4th of July. Man, this summer just keeps flying by. And there has been so much happening in the sports world. However, the sports media wants you to talk about just one topic, one topic, and that is, of course, the insanity of where LeBron James is going. We're going to get into that, of course. We're going to jump into social media boxing happening here. Something really crazy has happened in the boxing world. Uh, you don't want to miss this. This is one heck of a story. It's between Deontay Wilder and Daniel Hearn, a boxing promoter. So that's going to be coming up as well. We're going to get into a very interesting uh, week in the NFL, including Jerry Richardson pretty much getting a slap on the wrist for his uh, sexual misconduct. Uh, especially when he just sold the team for $2.75 billion and why it is absolutely laughable. But I got to give a lot of props, of course, to a, a very good writer by the name of Jordan Rodriguez, who actually did, who actually uh, put this one out here. So that is coming up as well. And we're going to have our final word. Plus, at the end of the show, we're also going to announce something big that is coming to the Turning Points universe. This is not going to be the only place you're going to find me. So it's going to be a lot of fun here on Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. Now, I want you to imagine this first off. You know, it's the summer movie season. Movies like Avengers Infinity War, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, The Incredibles 2. They're absolutely dominating the multiplexes. They're making millions and millions of dollars. They're selling out toys. Everything is great in Disneyland, pretty much. The funny thing is, though, is that we get a lot of trailers that come out also during the summer. We've had trailers for a reboot of Halloween, which is going to be about after the first one. We have The Predator coming out in September. We have Venom coming out. We have all of these trailers, something called White Boy Rick with Matthew McConaughey. There is dozens and dozens of trailers out there. And I'm not going to lie to you. I saw eight trailers one day, okay? Eight. Eight. And I liked all of them. But that's the funny thing is that a trailer used to be known as a tease. Then you see the movie and it's kind of a disappointment. I kind of feel like that's where we're going down right now in the summer of LeBron. The insanity of where the best player in basketball is going to go. This is like pretty much, I feel like I'm in 1981 right now when they did Dallas. Remember when they did Who Shot JR? Right now, I am surprised that not every magazine across America right now has a picture of LeBron James on there. Entertainment Weekly, People Magazine, Time Magazine, all the newspapers. This should be the most talked about story because the media wants it to be. So how come there's not enough coverage outside the sports world? I'm really surprised by that because that's how ridiculous this has become. You know, I remember back in a time when it used to be fun 
to speculate where a great player was going to go. Free agency 1992, Reggie, the late Reggie White, decided to go to Green Bay off a phone call by Mike Holmgren. But there was a lot of speculation going around. Was Reggie White going to stay in Philadelphia? Was he going to go to another team? And then suddenly, boom, he went to Green Bay. LeBron James did the decision, of course, and it was a disaster. But you know what? He went out and became a better basketball player by going to Miami. And it worked for him. Then he did it in a very classy way. He got Sports Illustrated's own Lee Jenkins to write out a nice article telling Cleveland fans, I'm coming home. I'm going to bring you home a championship. And that is something interesting that got to me. It's kind of funny how we haven't heard one iota, not one, not one thing from LeBron James. We've heard it from sources. Ah, yes, the sources. Back when it used to actually give a damn. Because sources nowadays are pretty much like, hey, I'm just going to tell you what you want to hear, and then you're going to report it. This has gone all the way up to a four-letter network that decided on a very popular morning show called First Take. One of them, the highest paid guy at ESPN, pretty much got a chance to talk about how Warriors champion Kevin Durant got a text message from LeBron James saying, come to L.A. Really? Did anybody really buy that? Let me, let me just say this right now. Okay, look. I'm asking you right now. Raise your hand up high if you actually, truly believed that Kevin Durant got a text message from LeBron James. None of you should be raising your hand. None of you. Because that was such bull. Do you realize how fast the NBA would, cr would crumble if that actually happened? If Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard all came to the same team, it, you know what? They would just be like, you know what? Fold up the league, boys. We're done. Because parity is missing in the NBA right now. You don't want to make it. You don't want to make a team too good, because you already have a team that's too good. The Golden State Warriors. What now? You want to make it better? You want to get now the Golden State Warriors versus the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Houston Rockets? Are you kidding me with this? But, and then, funny thing is, the story turned out to be false. What a shock. You know, everybody was putting it out on social media. They were like, ah, fake, fake, false, false. Well, we shouldn't even have to be doing our so-called investigation to find out if this was false. But we did. And then it became a story. And then that guy, did he get punished? Nah. They're just like, yeah, you, you still make all the money in the world. You're fine. And I don't mind him because I really like his radio show, but I'm not going to tell you the name. And, another, and then, of course, we got Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't speak to the media at all. You can speak to him after, the, after a game, but aside from that, you, he doesn't want to speak to you at all. So there, there came out a bunch of articles this week. The Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers was dead. It's dead. It's buried. It's all done. Six feet under, baby. You kidding me? Then it came to life. It came back from the undead. The Spurs and the Lakers were having a conversation. <gasps> Wait a minute. This trade's not done yet then. Oh, now we have to sit back on the edge of our seats again and wonder, where is Kawhi Leonard going now? 
Seriously, did I just did I just walk into a Twilight Zone episode? Is Rod Serling about to open the door to the Twilight Zone right now where I am pretty much looking to see if there's a guy that never says one damn word to the media? Or a guy that pretty much disappears from the media and then makes this grandiose introduction. This grandiose introduction to the world saying, I am going here. And that's pretty much what it's become now. And now everybody is saying, because LeBron James opted out, that Cleveland is out of the picture. He's not going to go for that one-year $35.6 million. No. Would you really, if you're the best player in basketball, actually truly sign a one-year option for $35.6 million? He's not Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony has the freedom to write down and say, yeah, no problem. I'll do a one-year $27.1 million deal. No problem. There you go. There's your option. It's not like that. LeBron James is the best player in the world for a reason. He's polarizing. He's popular. He's charismatic. He's explosive. He's an incredible basketball player. He's going to go down in the top five greatest of all time. It's already cemented. Seriously, I got the I got the book if you want to take a look at it. It says LeBron James right there in the top five, along with Michael Jordan, along with Oscar Robertson, along with guys like Magic Johnson. They're there, right there. But here's the fact. We are trying so hard right now in the media to spin this any way possible. Seriously, it's like I, it's like every sports radio host has a blender right now in their studios. And they are taking all these stories, throwing it in the blender, throw a little, throw a little bit of uh, mango mix or something like that. Create this smoothie from hell. Because that is what it is looking like. It is looking desperate. It doesn't look fun. That's the problem. You know, I mean, it's the same thing with a blockbuster trailer. You know, you go see the trailer and you're like, oh, man, this looks amazing. Then you see it and you're like, that sucked. I've lost track how many trailers I've seen and went, man, that looks amazing. I go see the movie and I was like, that really sucked. Trust me, I saw Transformers the last night. That was abysmal. The trailer looked good, but the movie was abysmal. That's just me, though. This is Turning Points on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'm Jake Turner. You can tweet me at, at Jake Turner Sports, talking about the insanity of the LeBron speculation. And that is kind of funny to me, that it just continues to go down this road over and over again. Now the Spurs and the Lakers are having conversations. Now Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to go to L.A. because it's a circus. Really, Kawhi, you, you do know that Los Angeles has the second media market in America, right? It's the home of Tinseltown. I mean, come on, haven't you ever been to a Laker game where you see guys like Johnny Depp, Jack Nicholson, Adam Sandler at a game? It's popular. What'd you think? You were to go into Los Angeles and go, guys? No. No, you can't talk to me. You can't talk to me. No way. They're LA. They are going to make sure that they get their soundbite. So you can't really come back and tell me right now that the Kawhi Leonard LeBron James saga is going to hap is going to be a big old bow on it. That's not going to happen. And I feel like we are going down this road. LeBron's going to Houston. No, he's not. Why would he go to Houston? Okay, first off, here's the thing. He's not going to Houston, okay? James Harden wants the ball too much. Chris Paul is their best player. No way LeBron is going to want to share the ball with them. San Antonio? Pah! No. 
No, he's not going to San Antonio. Too much, too small of a media market. Cleveland? Ah, now that's interesting. Philadelphia? No. Look, you can you can throw in anything you want into Philadelphia. He's not going to Philly. Sorry, Philadelphia fans. He's not going to Philadelphia. Boston? No way. Danny Ainge came out today and said a blockbuster trade is, quote, unlikely, which means they're out of the picture. So it's down to the Los Angeles Lakers and it's down to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Talk about speculation. And, you know, we started this all the way back after the NBA Finals. Instead of talking about how amazing the Warriors were in that series, it was all about LeBron. It was like, LeBron, where's LeBron going? LeBron again. And then we're going right to the Warriors winning the NBA Finals. That's what they tried to do. This has become laughable. It's not fun anymore. It's getting to a point where every time I turn on a podcast, I sit there and I'm like, why are we talking about this again? And we're breaking it down and we're saying, well, what if they throw in Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball in there? Okay, maybe they don't deal with LeVar Ball. It's just getting to a point where it's like, are you kidding me right now? It's like a first, it's like a first date. It's like a bad first date where you continuously, the person that is right sitting next to you won't shut up about the same subject over and over again. And every time you change the subject, they bring it right back again. And you know, the funniest thing is, is that this popularity of LeBron speculation, Kawhi Leonard speculation, Paul George speculation, all this nonsense is taking away stories like the World Cup. Like the World Cup has been just thrown to the side. And the College World Series, which was unbelievable, Oregon State was able to win and shut out Arkansas 5 nothing after a game ago when Arkansas refused to grab a foul pop-up, kept Oregon State alive, won the game, and they went into game three. And there was maybe about, I don't know, 60 seconds to two minutes talked about that. Nope, we got to talk about LeBron, Jake. No, okay, it's fine. So I'm sitting there getting ready for the show like I always do, about three hours before it started. And I'm sitting to myself, I'm like, okay, how can I talk about LeBron without actually praising LeBron? Simple. You call out, you pretty much call out what is happening here. The speculation of LeBron James has become abysmal and boring. And I feel like that is where we're going. That's where we're heading right now. We're so caught up in this world of speculation right now that I don't even know what to think is true anymore. And you know, tonight is going to be a very interesting moment because at 11.59 p.m. tonight... The NBA free agency starts. Where's LeBron going? Maybe I don't care where LeBron is going right now. Maybe I just want him to sign with a team so I don't have to pick up my phone and look on Bleacher Report and go, LeBron James is currently, quote, at a decision cave. Can anybody tell me where I could find a decision cave? What is that? Do you get recliners in there? Uh, Do you get people to bring in like nachos and beer and all that stuff? Uh, Are you able to call up like guys like Usher or Justin Timberlake, uh, Paul McCartney or anything like that to come in and play? Is that that how a decision cave goes down with an entourage? I'm sorry, reps? That's what it is right now. And guess where his decision cave is? It's in the Caribbean. Ah, that makes sense now. 
I just got to make sure that I have enough money to go down to the Caribbean, create a decision cave for myself, and make a decision. Man, that would be nice. You know what else would be nice? If we did not continue to talk about this and speculate over this over and over again. The bottom line is we're going down that road where there is a blockbuster trailer and we're paying our hard-earned money. We're sitting down the seats. We've got our popcorn ready. Uh, maybe you're sitting at one of those dine-in places where you got a server coming down and giving you chicken fingers for 15 bucks or something. And you're watching the previews and there's the trailer right there. And it's for the next one. It's for Kemba Walker. Where is he going to go? Paul George. Where is he going to go? And now, our feature presentation. The speculation of LeBron James. And two hours later, you walk out and went, well, that was a waste of my time. And I kind of feel like we're going down that road. I would absolutely laugh. I would laugh myself silly. If the Cleveland Cavaliers kept LeBron James for one more year. One more year. Just come on. Seriously. That would be the most disappointing end of speculation I've ever heard. So we'll find out what happens. All right. Moving on. This is Turning Points on uh, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. We're listening to it right here on Die Hard Sports Radio. I'm Jake Turner. You can tweet me at, at Jake Turner Sport. What's your take on the speculation of LeBron? Are you really into it? Or are you just begging for it to end? I'm begging for it to end. Because there are so many better stories out there right now. Ones that we're not even talking about. Like I said, have you turned on a radio station and never heard about the World Cup? No. World Cup is pretty much like, ah, to the side. Well, wait, wait, wait. Was the USA in there? No. Okay, we, we don't want to talk about it. No. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. I don't care what Iran has done. I don't care what England has done. No. Don't want to talk about it. It's like that. It's like pretty much that scene in The Office. When Jim and Pam's baby is being baptized and Toby is outside and he is thinking to himself, should I go into this church? And he looks in and he walks into the church for about five seconds and he walks back out and he goes, nope, 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 nope. And when he does walk in, he goes, why do you hate me? And that's pretty much where it's coming from. All right, but this story is very interesting to me now. Now, keep in mind, we're going to have a special turning points on Monday. Uh, Steve Mulhausen, uh, Sporting News uh, MMA and Boxing uh, Writer, is going to join me on Monday. So we're going to have a special one here. And he's going to talk about, uh, you know, the resurgence of boxing right now. Which I thought. Then I picked up the Sporting News this morning, and this is what I found. Now, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua are supposed to fight. They were supposed to fight at the end of 2018. Now it looks like they're going to fight on April 13th, 2019. Now it looks like they might not fight at all. Deontay Wilder got in a Twitter battle with boxing promoter Daniel Hearn talking about how the payout was not big enough. Now Anthony Joshua is going to get $50 million for this heavyweight fight. Now keep this in mind. He deserves it because he's won four or five titles, and he could become the first undisputed champion since 2000 when Lennox Lewis was holding it. All he has to do is beat Deontay Wilder, and boom, he becomes undisputed champion, which would be amazing for wrestling. And I apologize, that's Eddie Hearn, 
Eddie Hearn is the boxing promoter. I had to take a look at my notes there for a minute. So that's interesting to me. And I'm like, yeah. When I heard this news, I thought, man, boxing needs this. And you got Creed 2 coming out and Thanksgiving. That's going to even be bigger. And they can bring that movie around it. And it could really help out boxing. This is exactly the injection. This is exactly what they need. And suddenly, Deontay Wilder gets greedy. Deontay Wilder was offered $20 million. Now, keep this in mind. Deontay Wilder is not a champion. Okay, this is how I look at it. Wilder is a contender. The champion is Anthony Joshua. He's won four or five titles. So he gets the $50 million payout. That's just how it goes. Well, Deontay Wilder was offered $20 million, and he went, nope, not interested. Not interested? What are you talking about? This, this is your chance. This is what you want. Nope, not big enough. What do you mean not big enough? I mean, it. you'd think. You would think that this wasn't real, but it is. And... It's not just that. It got really bad. Because not only did he reject it, but this is what he told Eddie Hearn. He said, quote, and there's a couple of expletives, so I'm going to try and be as clean as I can. Quote, this is what he sent to at Eddie Hearn. Nah, I'm good. You can kumbaya it. Go help those in need. You got that new boxing app, blank, right? Man, use it on that. You'll need it to pay back all the money they loaned you. No top U.S. fighter signing that bleeps trash. Besides, why would anyone sign with you? You purposely avoided $50 million up front with 50% split deal for your biggest client. You're a disease for the sport. Close quote. That's what Deontay Wilder told boxing promoter Eddie Hearn today. Talk about torpedoing any opportunity that you're looking for. Man, if I had a chance at $15 million and an opportunity to get a two-fight offer as well, that's ridiculous. First off, this is one thing that gets on my nerves. You don't bring out something like this to the public. The public is not your friend. This goes for any sport. No football player, no baseball player, no basketball player, no soccer player, no tennis player, no professional athlete should... Say this, I'm going to take it out to the public. The public is not going to care. Here's why. The last thing we want is to see millionaire versus millionaire. He gives you $20 million for a two-fight bout. Now, here's the thing. You know, boxing has been down lately. Okay, it has been. I still watch it religiously. I still watch HBO. I still watch Showtime. I got friends in the boxing community. Like I said, I'm bringing on Stephen Mulhausen next week to talk about this. And actually, when we were supposed to do this interview, there was, you know, great speculation happening. You know, especially with Wilder versus Joshua. And then we had we had pretty much the sequel, Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez battling it out September 15th. Those were the two fights right there that just sat there and went, boxing's back, baby. Here we go. This is what we needed. But now it becomes a money deal. And you know something? I understand you're, you're passionate. You love boxing. This is what you want to do in life. 
and you're a great boxer. You got a great record. But man alive, if you're going to get all uptight over $20 million, no, that's not enough. I need 40. Cry me a river because the public's going to look at you and go, just box. They're going to look at you and just go, just box and shut up. You know, I mean, you don't go on Twitter and all this stuff at bad mouth. Does that really work well for NFL players? Does that work for baseball players? Social media is not a professional athlete's best friend sometimes. And when you have a beef, you don't go to social media. Look, I got people that don't like me, but do I go out and, you know, rip them apart on social media? Absolutely not. You take the high road. You shut your trap and you say, okay, fine. You want to give me $20 million? I'm going to knock Anthony and Joshua just like I did Luis Ortiz. I will prove that to you. And then next time you're going to give me more money. Prove it. Don't just sit there and go, well, I need more money. Well, Deontay, you haven't won anything. Look at this. Anthony Joshua has four or five titles. I'll say it again. Four of five titles. If he wins one more, if he wins one more, he becomes the first undisputed champion since Lennox Lewis in 2000. That is 18 years. Deontay Wilder, you got a KO. A knockout of Luis Ortiz. That's it. And then you go rip on a boxing promoter? Are you out of your mind? You know, Anthony Joshua's camp will just look at this and go, I don't need him. Give me somebody else to fight. Oh, thank you. Already got me somebody. Anthony Joshua's going to fight soon. Hey, Deontay Wilder, how are you doing over there? Oh, you got nobody to fight. Okay. If I'm Deontay Wilder, I am going to pretty much look at myself in the mirror and think to myself, Okay, fine. You want to give me 20 million bucks? I'm going to I'm going to pretty much put your and I'm trying to think of the saying here. Put your money where your mouth is. That's how you do it. You don't go on Twitter and rip them apart and say, "Oh, this is a joke and all that." You've been boxing for years. Why are you having this problem now? Think about it. So we're going to talk to Stephen Mohausen about that on Monday. So you don't want to miss that. It'll be a great interview. I do want to talk about this, though, with the middleweight. Because I was the biggest fan. I had Ray Flores from FS1 on my show to talk about this fight. And that was Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez. And I was irate that night. I had it all made, too. I had Uber Eats. Bring me the best food I could think of. I spent over 40 bucks. No, I'm just kidding. I spent like $20 on something. I had a beer in my hand. I had a Jack and Coke ready to go. And I was ready to watch this fight. And the fight was unbelievable. I was so excited. I was sitting there shadow boxing, loving every minute of it. I was so into it. And then we got that dumb, controversial draw. And I sat there in my head and I'm like, they got to fight again. They have to fight again. And guess what? They are going to fight again. And it is so close. September 15th, 2018. Now see, it would have been nice to get that double whammy of Wilder versus Joshua and then Golovkin versus Alvarez. If you would have had those two, boxing's back, folks. 
boxing's back. But now you got that problem. So you got to push that to the side, unfortunately, and now you got to wait and go, once again, fight to fight and wait around on this. Now, I think Golovkin versus Alvarez is going to be an absolute classic. And I think Triple G is going to definitely win that fight. And I'm really excited for that because I think that is just, <laughs> that that draw, man. <laughs> I lost my mind on that. And when I saw some of the judges, how they scored it, I just sat there and I wondered to myself, I'm like, how, how did you say that Triple G lost this round, lost this round, and lost this round? Alvarez was bloodied up. He was bloodied up. He, uh, seriously, it looked like the end of Rocky Balboa, the, the sixth one. When he's sitting there, like his eyes right there, and he's telling Paulie, he says, I don't think I could do it anymore. You know, I mean, he's pretty much like looking out of one eye right over at uh, Antonio Tarver, who is Mason the Dixon line. Mason, what was it? Mason the line Dixon, I think they called it. I think that's what it was. And I and Canelo still was able to escape with a draw. And you know, the funny thing is he gets busted for PEDs. But, but you know something? If I told you right now that these two are going to fight, every boxing fan in America would be looking at the pay-per-view, looking to see how much it is, see how it's going to be that night if they go over to their neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings or head over to Tilt or... Tilt a kilt or Twin Peaks or whatever they could think of. Uh, your neighborhood sports bar. Heck, go to Cheers in Boston. I think that's a bar in Boston for real. I don't know. But what, that's what I'm saying, though, in general, is that everybody right now in boxing, including me, I am pumped up for this fight. I can't wait for this fight. But, it, but man, you know, when you got a guy like Stephen Mulhausen coming on on Monday... You want to talk about the Wilder-Joshua fight? Now you can't. Now you can't. And that's a bummer. That's a bummer because would you really torpedo this? Man. Go back to the story of this generation one more time. You know something? You're not entitled. It doesn't matter how far you go up to the top. You're not entitled. You have to work for everything that you want. It just makes me it just makes me sad that we use social media as a tool to destroy people. <laughs> Unbelievable. And yet you beat down a boxing promoter. You really think you really think Eddie Hearn's looking at that going, you guys see what Deontay wrote me? Excuse me, I'm gonna go underneath a I'm gonna go underneath yeah, heck with that. I'm just going to go in the closet. I'm just going to go stay there for 30 minutes, bring my dinner over there. Please. He's a boxing promoter. He's going to look at that and go, all right, fine. Hey, who else wants to fight uh, Anthony Joshua? You, sir. There you go. All right, we'll negotiate. Uh, you want 20 mil? No problem. It's coming to that point. This is Turning Points on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'm Jake Turner. You can tweet me at, at Jake Turner Sport. We're right here on Die Hard Sports Radio. And it's been a good show so far. We've talked about the insanity that is the LeBron speculation. But it's also kind of crazy to me when I just got this. Oh, wow, this is breaking news. Yeah, we gotta we got to talk about this one. Uh, whoa. Okay. Lonzo Ball uh, suffered a torn meniscus. 
in his left knee. Uh, expected to be ready for training camp. Whoa. That's not good. That's not good. Well, I'll take a shot at it, I guess. It's going to be interesting to see. <laughs> Lonzo Ball. I don't really expect Lonzo Ball to go anywhere because I don't know how anybody can deal with LeVar Ball. I, seriously. That, uh, congratulations, too, by the way, to LeAngelo Ball. Yeah! Oh, my producer just told me that he didn't get drafted. Well, that's a shame. I guess you don't go to Lithuania next time to, you know, try and do that and drop him out of school and all that kind of stuff. You know, the funny thing is, is that everybody keeps saying like, oh, Jake, you hate the Ball family. No, I don't. Look, I don't hate the Ball family at all. LeVar Ball has done an excellent job with his kids. Have you seen their GPAs? But something just happened when Lonzo went to UCLA and then the media got all in love with him. And LeVar took it to the house. And he went on every radio show, every television show, and said this about Lonzo Ball. He's going to be the number one pick. Wrong. I don't like it when I see this kind of nonsense. Especially when you are a good father and you've really... And I mean, Lonzo Ball is not trouble at all. He, never, he hasn't gotten in trouble at all. But, you know, I mean, when you got his dad... You know, pretty much ripping on the head coach, Luke Walton. That's a problem right there. You don't do that. That's silly. And then, you know, Magic Johnson's sitting there going, well, let's just see how this goes. Nope. He's ripping on the Lakers. Okay. One more time. Nope. He just ripped on Luke Walton. All right, fine. That's it. Attention all media members. Come over here, please. Okay. You guys cannot ever get another soundbite from LeVar Ball. All right. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. And then they banned him from Staples Center. So he can't even walk into the Staples Center. But you still got to deal with him. And he even had the gall to go back on FS1 and go on Undisputed of all places and The Herd and talk about how LiAngelo Ball was going to be great. He didn't even get drafted. So it was not a good night for the Ball family. So he's not really in a good mood. But, here, but it just goes back to that, too. If you are going to truly get an opportunity to bring in LeBron James, but you also got to bring in Kawhi Leonard, if you, do, if you can do that, well, what's LeBron going to have? Uh, come on in, LeBron. All right, Brandon Ng. Uh, he's gone. Uh, Lonzo. Uh, uh, Kyle. Ku okay, Kuzma's here. Okay, good. Kyle Kuzma's here. That's good. Uh, what a relief. Whew. So, LeBron, what do you think? Get the chat ready. We're out of here. It's getting to that point right there, but I digress. This was an interesting story that came up to me, though. You know, speaking about media speculation, this story has gotten nothing. Anybody hear about how Panthers owner Jerry Richardson got fined for the sexual misconduct, the big, long 16-page story? That talked about what he did in uh, when he was the owner of the Carolina Panthers to women. Anybody remember that? Of course not. He was fined $2.75 million. Okay. Now, you're probably sitting to yourself going, all right, that's a, that's a pretty fair fine. However, then you forget that he just sold the team for $2.75 
billion dollars. So as you like to call it, that's just a drop in the bucket. And of course, there's nothing, no talk about it. No, nothing. I mean, it's like, how do, how do you not talk about this? This is a prime example of what the NFL is doing right now. How they take care of their owners first. Even with all the sexual misconduct. And, you, and how do you make a billionaire mad? Simple. What do you do? You simply go after their wallet. $2.75 million, please. He probably has that in the Caymans. Probably sitting there going, oh, guys, $2.75 billion, million dollars, piece of cake. There you go, NFL. Uh, I'll see you at the Hall of Fame, right? Oh, I'm not there anymore. Okay, no problem. Sorry. My bad on the sexual misconduct of women. I'm so sorry. Jordan Rodriguez of the Charlotte Observer wrote a very interesting piece. Now, I really love this article. I really did. Because it talks about how there should be something called the Richardson Rule. You know, the NFL did an investigation. They did. But they never really talked about it publicly. And it's kind of interesting how this went on for a very long time. And then how Jerry Richardson, you know, it talks about how one alleged victim, because this was an interesting piece here. This was, I'm just going to read you a little piece. The league could offer no assistance to those alleged victims of Richardson who wished to break the non-disclosure agreements to help with the investigation, prompting one alleged victim to write in Sports Illustrated in April that, quote, that the investigation was, quote, a farce. And it was. I mean, we already saw this with Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks. $2.75 million is nothing. That's nothing. You might as well just sit there and go, okay, guys, that'll be two bucks. Because that's pretty much what a billionaire looks at that kind of money for. I mean, seriously. I mean, Jerry Jones had to pay $3 million for legal fees. So you pretty much just paid a legal fee to the NFL. What good does that do? And I mean, there, there's even talk about how a statue of Jerry Richardson is going to be built. Are you kidding me with this? So Rodri continues on in this story. And like I said, it was a brilliant story. She called out and said that there should be something called the Richardson rule. And I was interested. I thought this was really good. The monetary equivalent to a slap on the wrist won't do much to stall a legacy that has plowed forward, collected its billions, gotten shoulder pats, quote, tearful embraces, and sympathy from the commissioner and other NFL owners, and moved on without a word of public apology or repentance. But a name is a tangible, lasting thing. This policy can serve as an antithesis to the legacy of the man whose shame inspired it. It can personify... I'll just say it. I'll just end it there. So think about that. I remember I read this story and I was sick to my stomach. That and what happened with the Dallas Mavericks. But at least the Mavericks did something about it. At least they fired everybody. At least they understood. At least they took a fine. The fine wasn't much, but it was still something. But I just don't get it. I, I, I really don't. 
And I looked all across radio shows today. Nothing. Not one iota about Jerry Richardson. Nothing. So what do you say to the victims? You know, kind of funny how the NFL is so in love with breast cancer awareness. You know, you get, remember that month? Remember that month? That's the month where everybody wears pink on their cleats and their gloves and on top of their helmets and, in their, and on their eye black or whatever. And so everybody walks out and they got all the breast cancer survivors out there waving the flag and hey, what are you saying to these victims that felt like this was not a safe place to work? Seriously, what are you saying about that? It's just, the, it's just the hypocrisy of the NFL striking again. And it makes me so annoyed. And look, I don't even say it, and I'll come flat out and say it. I am a hypocrite, okay? I love the NFL on the field. I love the players on the field. I love how the coach. I love the formations. I love how it's broken down. I love it. Off the field, it makes me sick. It makes me sick. That this continues again and again. It feels like every damn year we are sitting there as fans and we have to talk about another sexual assault, another domestic violence, another groping, which we'll get to in a little bit on the final word. It just feels like it. And here's something interesting. It pushes away the stories that actually make a difference. I suppose everybody forgot about what Marcel Darius for the Jacksonville Jaguars did. Now, Marcel, Marcel Darius had a rotten first couple of years in the NFL. He got in trouble, got arrested, got suspended. Ever since he got to Jacksonville, he flew to Haiti over the offseason. And he donated $125,000. To build homes in Haiti. Where's the story on that, folks? No, 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 no. We're going to talk about LeBron more? Okay. Where was that story? $125,000. I thought all NFL players were anti-American. Really? Went to Haiti and made a difference. How about Josh Norman? Josh Norman, who is uh, known as, well, pretty much a lot of people call him... A fool. They call him a fool. When he talks, he's a fool. He's just fun as a... He's just satirical. He's just funny. Well, I didn't expect this to happen, but he spent till 3 a.m. One night. Spent till 3 a.m. in the morning. To buy toys for any child that was separated from their parents across the border. Now, it's kind of amazing to me that when we get to the anthem talks, every radio show will talk about it. But when it has something to do with good, and we talk about it, Josh Norman, of all people, I, I didn't expect this at all. But it was nice to see because, wow, folks, we need to be talking about this. This is what we need. He's, he was out there till 3 a.m.? I, I don't even know where... What's open till 3 a.m.? Walmart. That's all I could think of. And you're trying to tell me he went to a Walmart and bought 
all these toys for these kids who are without their parents right now? That's absolutely incredible. But no. Just like Jerry Richardson, it's just a drop in the bucket. It's a story that we refuse to talk about. Why? What, what sense does that make? What sense? We are pretty much living in a world of negativity day in and day out to the point where we can't even listen to the news media and not explode. You're left, you're right, you're liberal, you're conservative, you suck, you suck. Back and forth, back and forth. And we talk about these anthems all over again, over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Seriously, it feels like that, it feels like that story, that, that page in the book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. You know, and that, it's that line where he goes, and they'll sing, and they'll sing, and they'll sing, sing, sing. It's just, makes me sick. It really does. I hate it when I have to pick up a newspaper and read about how a billionaire who led sexual misconduct for many years just get fined pretty much $2 or $2.75 million to a billionaire. That's two bucks. Now, I apologize if my math is completely, utterly wrong, but it's true. And he just sold it for $2.75 billion. What are you saying, NFL? What are you saying? What a hypocrite. But congratulations to Marcel Darius and Josh Norman. I'm very happy that you guys, you did that. It was incredible. Of course, we don't talk about it. That's why we talk about it here on Turning Points, the turning point of the sports world. I'm Jake Turner. You can tweet me at, at Jake Turner Sport. Got some news uh, to bring up here, personally. First off, I want to say thank you to Die Hard Sports Radio for continuously letting me do a show every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. right here. Die Hard Sports Radio. This is the turning point of the sports world if you've never listened to the show before. This is a show where we take on story, top storylines and throw a spin on them, throw the truth on them. And at the same time, bring up stories that nobody else wants to talk about. Pretty much it's like a blip on your phone. Oh, that was interesting. I'll go for him. Okay, back to the LeBron stuff. And that's what I try to do here on Turning Points. I try to bring a fresh perspective to show that not every sports broadcaster or radio host or anything has an agenda or wants to put out hot takes. You know, it's kind of funny how somebody trains for three hours a day just to bring out a hot take, just to be interesting. Interesting to what? To get people to jump down your throat, get ripped on upon day in and day out. Okay. That's just me, though. Anyway, so some I normally don't talk about this. This is, you know, personal news to me. But I recently got two opportunities. And I'm very blessed because I get to do this. I get to do what I love. I get to be a sports anchor for a friend of mine, his new his new podcast, The Hooligan Hour. That'll be coming up, so we'll have more on that. 
And then I just got hired to work with some top-ranked pack, uh, Green Bay Packer writers uh, to do a podcast called Pack-A-Day and be a host. And it's that kind of stuff right there that truly makes me happy because now can just continue to branch this out. So not only just the turning points, but the hooligan hour and the Pack-A-Day. And, you know, I love it how, and look, I, I go to the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting at Full Sail University. So I'm pretty much learning as well, but I'm building my product. And I really in, and I really love it. I also love it how some people always ask this question, how do I get in? Simple. You get in, but you make sure that you make things happen for you. And build those relationships and build that network. And don't take a day off. And when you take a day off, it better be because you just had an amazing week and you got a lot of connections. This is a very, this is hard work. It's tough. It's tough when you're building up a product. It really is. But it's amazing. And I absolutely love doing this. I love that I can have the, the opportunity to bring out a fresh perspective in sports broadcasting when all of a sudden sources are not sources anymore and we're just putting out fake news. I mean, come on. I, I heard this on a four-letter network called Kevin Durant and LeBron James texted and LeBron asked Kevin Durant to go to Los Angeles, which, of course, the report was refuted and it's false. It's fake. It's really disappointing. What's not disappointing, though, is turning points. We're getting down to the end here. Our show every uh, Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. on Die Hard Sports Radio. I'm Jake Turner. You can tweet me at, at JakeTurnerSport, or you can find me on Instagram, JakeTurner61. Uh, it's not just uh, sports that I do. Also, I do a lot of uh, fitness. I'm on a fitness journey myself, so I'm pretty much uh, cataloging that as well. Uh, so it's always a lot of fun to do. Um, really making a home down here in Florida. So, check it out. All right, we've talked about LeBron insanity. We've talked about we talked about social media boxing. We went into uh, pretty much Jerry Richardson. Got a little personal with it. We also gave a lot of props to Marcel Darius and Josh Norman. Uh, what a job they did! Seriously, what a job! But it's time for the final word. Tonight's final word. <laughs> It has kind of a similarity to Jerry Richardson. It really does. But this one's a little more serious. So Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston was suspended for three games for groping a Uber driver. Now you're thinking to yourself right off the bat, three games, huh? Three games. Which means he'll be back September 30th against the Chicago Bears. Okay. But first off, here's the problem. It's groping an Uber driver. You know what groping is? And it was at a drive-thru at a Mexican restaurant. And he pretty much grabbed her crotch. And blamed it on alcohol. And if you don't believe me, the timeline shows. March 13th, 2016. How about that, my birthday? Well, that's nice. An Uber driver alleges that Winston groped her in the drive-thru of a Mexican restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona. Winston, coming off his rookie season with the Bucks, denied the allegation, 
which became public through a BuzzFeed report in November of 2017. The NFL began to investigate. So now it took a couple of years for this to actually come to life. Keep this in mind, though, on February 22, 2017, during a talk to students at St. Petersburg Melrose Elementary School, oh boy, Winston says that boys are supposed to be strong, but ladies are, quote, supposed to be silent, polite, and gentle. Oh. <sighs> Jameis, 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 Jameis. Here's the funny thing to me. Tom Brady got suspended for deflating footballs for four games. Got to appeal. Still, didn't work. Ezekiel Elliott got accused of sexual assault. However, keep this in mind, there was evidence proving that the woman lied. But no, it's still the crime and he's still going to get six games for nothing. For nothing. Jameis Winston groped an Uber driver, grabbed her crotch when she was on the job. And all she was doing is taking somebody home. And this crap happens again. And it just, you know, I just don't get it. And I, and, and here's the funny thing. The Buccaneers came out and said, quote, and this is according to the Tampa Bay Times. We are disappointed in Jameis Winston. Disappointed? You know what disappointed is? Disappointing is when you took your keys and your dad was sleeping. You took your dad's key, car keys and you drove till 2 o'clock in the morning. That's being disappointed. Disappointed is when you get a bad grade on a paper. That's disappointed. Disappointed is when you don't get the job that you wanted. That's disappointed. Disappointment does not give you the right to grope women. It doesn't. And you lied. Jameis, you lied. You, you denied the allegation and you came out with a hollow apology. You didn't even tell, you didn't even say in the apology that the Uber driver was a woman. You just said, I apologize to the Uber driver. And even on BuzzFeed, there was a story about it and the name was Kate, was the Uber driver. She came out and said that, quote, she accepts the apology, but she need to work on it. That apology was such garbage. I'm just going to flat out say it. It's a dumpster fire. It's hollow. It is shallow. It's redundant. What are you trying to say? Are you trying to tell me right now? Are you trying to tell the Bucks fan base that you're sorry, but you never said for what? He never said he was sorry for groping an Uber driver. He blamed it on alcohol. Where have we heard that before? How is it that Jameis Winston gets the right to negotiate? This, this is crazy to me. This came out in the Tampa Bay Times, and I almost lost it. Look, I'm a very passionate person when it comes to this because I respect women. I always have, always will. One thing gets on my nerves is when somebody doesn't do it and then denies it and lies about it and then puts out a hollow apology and thinks, oh, bye guys, we'll be bye guys. Let's get ready for training camp. I talked about this early in the show. It just feels like every single year, 
every single year we have to talk about this i gotta talk about this because it took two years the nfl it took you two years to do this so back to what i was saying about the tampa bay times reported this james winston had the ability to negotiate with the nfl players association and his reps the game, this was supposed to be six games and they were able to negotiate it down to three games. And the NFL went, okay. And you know what their excuse was? Tom Palacero uh, talked about this today on NFL Network. There was a couple of words in there that really got on my nerves. So they talked about why it was only a three-game suspension. <laughs> it was because this was not, this was not domestic violence. This was not uh, sexual conduct with violence. Really? So this was, so I guess we're just going to call this a sort of sexual misconduct. Is, is that what we're going to do? It, it's sort of, guys, right? Sort of. Wow. You know, I just continue to have this love-hate relationship with the NFL. Maybe someday I'll work for them. Doing, you know, play-by-play -play work or something like that. I don't know. But it just, it just, doesn't it just boggle the mind? That this just continues every single, every single offseason. It is not an NFL offseason without sexual assault, domestic violence, alleged domestic violence, alleged sexual misconduct, rape. And he got three games. I thought the six-game suspension had anything to do with protection against women. You're saying because he didn't punch her that that's not a six-game suspension? Bull. So June 28, 2018, about a, couple of day, about a day ago, the NFL formally announced that it suspended Winston for three games. Quote, it concluded that he violated its conduct policy by, quote, touching the Uber driver in an inappropriate and sexual manner without her consent. He's going to be playing September 30th. There was a great piece uh, by Tom Jones of the Tampa Bay Times, too. I like this paper. I really do. Jones talked about how Jameis Winston should be cut. He should be released. He should be thrown out. For the first time in quite some time, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the NFL got it wrong again. You got it wrong with Ray Rice by suspending him for two games. There's video there for the rest of his life. But you know what? At least he cleaned it up. But he never did what Jameis Winston did, which was blame it on alcohol, deny it, and then do it again. It's been happening since he was at Florida State. I just, I don't get it. It just comes to the point where right now, even as we're about to wind up this show, we got about 25 seconds left to go. Now we just have to just say these four words. I don't get it. Jameis Winston, why aren't you off a team? We'll see him September 30th, and we'll see how this all goes down. But don't tell me, NFL, that you care about women when you can't even get a suspension right. 
All right, that's our show. That's our final word. I want to thank everybody for tuning in here on Turning Points. We're every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. You can tweet me at, at Jake Turner Sport. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio just picked us up. So this is a pretty popular podcast in the making. Please come back for next week. This is the Turning Point of the Sports World. I'm Jake Turner. You're listening to Turning Points on Die Hard Sports Radio. See you next Friday.